Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. All right, we're going to be in 1 John, the book of 1 John chapter 3, so go ahead and turn your Bibles there. If you have a Bible or a phone, 1 John chapter 3. Before I get started, I just want to say thanks, Pastor, for giving the opportunity to preach to adults and kids. Uh, I'm always downstairs, so it's been a while since I've been up here. I actually don't remember the last time I was up here. I don't think I was married yet. So, yeah, pretty long ago, right? Seven months? <laughs> no, but uh, thank you for the opportunity. And if you guys weren't here a few years ago before Pastor got this new pulpit, you know, I didn't really like coming up here that much because it was like, had this section, and it was like this. So I was like, Open your Bibles to John chapter five. <laughs> it was like it was bad. So like I had to request, like Pastor, can I please take a, a music stand down here and preach? No, but I'm thankful for this opportunity to be up here. And we're gonna go ahead and start in verse chapter eleven and down to sixteen. And before we get started, I just want to pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to just be in your house. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, just how you've spoken to me through this passage. And I pray, Lord, that it's a challenge and encouragement to those here tonight. And I'm thankful, Lord, that every time your word is open, that we can learn something from it. And I pray, Lord, that you would just help me say the words that you want me to say. And I just thank you so much for your word, how it's holy and is used for every aspect of our life. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. In verse number 11, it says, For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Today's title, uh, just for this short teaching and lesson tonight, is Genuine Christianity. If you're familiar with the book of First John, it's a very practical book for believers. And something that I love about this book is that even though it was written thousands of years ago, it's still relevant to our lives today. And I just want to pause and say I'm so thankful that we have a Bible, God's Word, that is relevant to us today. Are you, are you glad about that? There's so many situations that we face in our lives that we think, okay, where, where can I find the answer for this? The answer is in God's Word. So I'm thankful for this book. Uh, it's very practical for believers and helps us understand how we should live amongst each other. And so I'm thankful for that. And I just want to ask you this question. Have you ever had a bad thought towards someone in church? No, don't raise your hand, all right? How many of you had a bad thought towards me? No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But if we're being honest with ourselves, we have done, we have done something like that in our flesh. And it's even sad to say that sometimes those issues that start brewing inside, they go unresolved with our church family. And those kinds of hurts, they're unnecessary. And it's even caused people to leave church. And when you think about it, it's very important that we have a genuine Christianity, especially with those we go to church with. 
And John knows this, that's why he reiterates the command in verse 11 that we should love one another. No matter what, we should desire to have fellowship with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I want all the kids to come up here real quick. I want you just to stand right here, shoulder to shoulder. I right, hurry. Shoulder to shoulder over here. Usually this is what happens in kids' class. Oh, just on the, right here on the floor, guys. Or right here on the floor. Looking at me. All right, shoulder to shoulder. Sometimes they follow directions really well. Look at that. All right. So we're talking about all right, having, uh, being around fellow believers. And do you ever remember when you were playing a sport as a kid, whether it was at school and you know that there is that one team captain, that team captain's team that you wanted to be on because if you were on their team, you had a pretty good chance at winning. And this is what happens when we play kickball in the summer. So one of the kids, they're, they're a team captain, and maybe I'm a team captain, and they're like, I want to be on Pastor Coco's team because I kicked the ball over the church. <laughs> but so when you're a kid, don't you remember? You're like, okay, if I, if I get picked on this guy's team, I'm going to be super happy. I know that... If, if I'm on his team, we're going to win. But if that other guy picks me, then my chances of winning, they have gone down dramatically. Is that, do you ever remember a time like that? So I just want to encourage you with this. Uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to your church family, uh, you, got, you got the best team. You have the best team. You have the best people to be around. All right, kids, thanks. Thanks, you can go back to your seat. Give a round of applause. Yes. And so when you come to church and you're around other believers, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about, oh, am I going to be on a good team today? You know, it's, it's the best people to be around. And for many of us, being at church is just a small fraction of our lives. If you think about it, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, compared to your whole week, it's, it's not that much. And so that means that uh, when we're here with each other, we should enjoy every minute of it. When we gather with believers in God's house, it should refresh us. We should want to be around one another. We should love each other and be that support. How many times have you heard someone give a testimony about being at MLBC saying, man, I felt so welcome there. I felt like I was loved there. And you know that just doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident that we are a church that loves on people and is an encouragement to them. And so that's just a, that's a fruit of us walking with the Lord. And Guess what happens when we don't walk with God like we should? We're going to struggle with those horizontal relationships. And the hard truth to hear today is that nine times out of ten, when you have a problem with someone and you're kind of feeling bitter towards them or you have a wrong, a wrong spirit towards them, it's inward. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have a lot to do with that other person. And, oh, man, I just can't stand them. And nine times out of ten, it's, there's something going on, going on on the inside that you have to deal with. If we're being honest, that's hard to hear because uh, we love to focus on other problems other than what's going on in our lives. And I just want to take a couple minutes and just show us some reminders from this passage of, that John gives us. And it says there in verse 11, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. This is the reminder to love. Tonight is going to be things that you've heard before, very simple points, but something that's always good to be reminded of. I know for me, especially when, when I was going to join ministry, they, I, the most things I heard was just love God and love people. And sometimes you just forget about those basic principles that you need to be reminded of, and it's good to know and good to hear that. 
If this command sounds familiar, it's because it is. In John chapter 13, 34 through 35, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. I think that's very interesting. You know, why, if Jesus, Jesus is saying, how, how will people even know that you are a disciple? How, do they, how will they know that you're a follower of me? It starts with loving those around you, loving one another. And that's, that's very evident and very true. When people come to our church, they're going to see, do we even like each other? Do we even, like, stay and talk? Or do we just kind of say, i, I got to stay far, as far away from that guy as possible, or I don't want to talk to them over there. And God's word has a lot to say about how we as Christians should treat one another. You know why we should care about how our love is for those around us, especially believers, because Jesus cares. There's a quote I saw in this commentary. It says, the basic Christian message has not changed. Perhaps some have thought that because Christians talk about personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that is the only, that is only us and Jesus who matter. But how we treat others and how we love one another really matters before God. And John gives a clear, a clear example of what the opposite of loving someone is in verse number 12. It says, not as Cain. So the, ver- the previous verse says that we should love one another. And verse number 12, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. In Genesis chapter 4, it talks about Cain and his countenance, it fell. It talks about how he, in his pride, he chose his own way. And the thing is, we know is that it could have been avoided. It, God gave a clear command. He gave a command that he, avo- he, that he directly avoided and disobeyed. And the result of that was him killing his own brother. And so many times our own pride causes us to stumble so many times we mistreat the very people we go to church with, and we should not have that attitude. We should have the opposite of that. One of the hardest things as humans is admitting when we are in the wrong. We love to point out the wrong in others, but find it difficult to point out the wrong in our own lives. It says in Psalm 139, 23 through 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It would benefit us so much if we would just be vulnerable with God tonight. Asking God, is there anything that I need to get right with someone at church with? If we want Mosley Baptist Church to have the right kind of a spirit, it starts with you, and it starts with me. It's really hard to get vulnerable with God, isn't it? <laughs> because you may not want to find out the answer to your question And so many times we kind of just try to avoid those questions, those hard questions, because we know that God knows us so well. We we know ourselves, too, that we know that when we have a wrong spirit towards somebody, like, we're not oblivious to that. So I think it would be really good for us as a church to just stay vulnerable with God in constant vulnerability with God. And you'll start to see that you're not perfect. It's easy to see that. It's easy to see that I'm not perfect. And so... When we have the reminder to love one another and we see that we're not doing that, we should ask God, what is, what's going on in my life that I need to fix? Because God will show you something that you get right. Yeah, you need to get right, and it's up to you to get that right.
What is stopping you from loving other believers today with a genuine love? I pray that we as MLBC can continue having a right spirit towards each other. You can tell. You can tell when you come to church that there's people who say, hey, how you doing? How can I pray for you? Hey, I heard about this going on in your life. How's that going? And you may think those things are small, that uh, they're not necessary, but it really is a big encouragement to know that people are praying for you and uh, people are happy to see you. And so if you feel that way when someone does it to you, be that person to somebody else. If we cannot love those uh, who are God's children, how much more will we struggle to love people of the world that don't even share that commonality of, the, of a relationship with Jesus? And one, one other thing we learned from Cain is that he tried to hide his sin from God. And we know that it's not possible. And so when we harbor bitterness towards a fellow church member or believer and we try to hide it, God knows what's going on in your heart. And so it's best just to get that right. You know, it's very hard to just go to someone and say, hey, I need, I need to apologize for that. It's hard to do that kind of thing. But in the, for the health of our church, it's very crucial, very beneficial to our church and to you as, a, as an individual. And secondly, I see here the reminder of why we love. It says in verse 13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We should love other believers because the world already hates us. We don't, we don't want to come to church and hate the people that we're going to church with. We come from a work week or places that just are full of hate. And we know that it's no surprise that people don't like Christians. People don't like who, uh, people who proclaim the name of Christ. It's very evident that that is not liked in our world. And so it shouldn't surprise us when the world hates us. But John says, saying that it should be very surprising if we come to church and there's hatred. It should be shocking. It should feel uncomfortable if there's hatred in God's house because we already have enough of that in the world outside of church. And so if you bring that kind of spirit in church, it should be, it should be very alarming. You want to know, you want to know what should be a clear sign that you are born again is if you have love, a genuine love for other Christians. Now we all know that this is an easy task, right? We are human and we fail each other, but let me ask you this. If you're saved here tonight, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, what, what was it about you that was so good that you let God down in your sin? What was it about you that got, that, got salvation? It wasn't because of you being so awesome and uh, you gave more to God, you gave more to someone else. No, it's because of God's love. It's because of God's love for you and for me that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. What could possibly keep us from coming back? What could possibly keep us coming back to church and loving a fellow brother and sister in Christ that let us down? It's easy. It's simple. It's showing them that same love that we've experienced from God. There's a lot of times people, they, they say, well, once this person does something to me, you know, God, I gave them a chance and they keep 
they keep hurting my feelings or they did something to disrespect me. You know, God, I gave them enough chances. I'm, I'm done with them. That's not, how we should ha- that's not how we should be towards our believers. So people may be confused. So what, what keeps you going back there? What keeps you going back somewhere where someone did hurt you? And it's just as easy as saying, well, God showed me so much love and I failed him so, much t- so many times. And if you have that heart, you'll be able to come back to church and you'll be able to still enjoy it and love those around you. And you may say, well, you don't know what this person did to me. You know, they don't deserve my forgiveness or my love. But can I just ask you this? What was it about you that deserved God's love and forgiveness? Nothing. I want to say that again. What was it about you? What was it about me that deserved God's love and forgiveness? Nothing. And so when someone, when someone hurts you or does something, they know they may not deserve it, but that's okay. That's okay, and we didn't deserve it either. And so because we've experienced that same love and forgiveness, and when we didn't deserve it, we can do it to other believers as well. I saw a quote from Charles Spurgeon that says, do you love them for Christ's sake? Do you say to yourself, that is one of Christ's people. That is one who bears Christ's cross, and that is one of the children of God. Therefore, I love him and take delight in his company. Then that is evidence that you are not of this world. The good news tonight is that we can love every single one of our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially if you experience the love of God. Real love isn't merely felt. It's also demonstrated. And it says in Romans 5.8, the ultimate, we're talking about the ultimate demonstration of love. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, you know, we might think about people, you can, think, you can probably think back and people in church that have made you feel a certain way, that you may have been angry about them doing something, but if God can constantly love us in our sinful state, I hate to break the news to you guys, but we go to church with sinners, sinners saved by grace. And so when we get saved, the sinner part doesn't go away, unfortunately. And same thing with this verse. You know, God, he commended his love toward us. And while we were in sin, we were sinning. And, he, and still Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. And so we can love each other even if we are sinners saved by grace. And it's, it's not going to be easy sometimes, but it'll be so much better for yourself. You'll enjoy being at church. You don't, you don't want to just come and, and fill a pew and kind of just being a little Christianity bubble. One thing I love about our church is that we are very close. We, there's some of, the, some of the best and closest friendships that people have are people in church. And so I just want to encourage you with this thought that if God commended his love toward us while we were still sinners, uh, then we can surely love the, the sinners around us that are saved. In 1 John 3.16, it says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. It is very sad when Christians struggle to love other Christians. I pray that we as a church are never described as a people who are not welcoming or a church that is unloving or not loving. Love isn't just a feeling, but something that is demonstrated. Now, how, can we, how can we be at a place today where we 
love others in such a selfless manner. And I think that in verse 16, we know what genuine love is because we've experienced it from God himself. If you think about uh, the plan of salvation that God had for mankind, if you think about the things that had to happen for there, be, for there to be a chance at redemption of sins, it just doesn't, it starts to not make sense. It doesn't make sense why God would go through so much trouble for someone who, the cause of the problem, the root of the problem. And so that's how we know that we, that's how we can demonstrate a real love towards our believers, our other believers, because we've experienced love from God that he won that laid down his life for us. And that's, that's an ultimate demonstration of love. I think we know these things. We know we have so much Bible knowledge that we forget to really just think about the realism of it. Like Jesus Christ, a real person on earth that went through excruciating torture for us, that for people that didn't even care. Like for, for Jewish people to say that they would rather have Barabbas, a, a murderer, a, a, a killer, a, a prisoner, rather than someone who was... Uh, who wasn't guilty to be released. And we know so much about the Bible that we just, we just put all head knowledge. And if we really did have it in our heart, we, we realized that, man, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much. I pray that you help me to have that same love towards other people. And it's so important to have that within our church. It's so important that we would love each other with such a genuine love that we've experienced from God. And it says in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to think of others more important than yourself. We know exactly what we want. We know what we would want to happen or our needs or our opinions. We want to share all those things. But the good news is that God has placed us here for a reason. He placed us in this church at this time, not to be mean to us or whatever, but to really just give us a chance to enjoy our Christianity. And we should, we should take it as a privilege that we get to gather each week. And sometimes we just get so used to our Christian routine that it just becomes something that we're comfortable in and something that isn't exciting. But if you really think about it, if you think about that, think about when you first got saved, how excited you were. Like, man, I got to tell, I got to go over there and tell that person. And I got to tell that person. And hey, Dale, how you doing? I want to, let's hang out. I want to pray for you. And then you kind of just get used to the, oh, hey, guys. Hi, Shalane, how you doing? Hey, Grandma, how you doing? Danny, good to see you. You kind of just get used to, seeing people and being around each other that you just don't enjoy like you should. And we all get in that, we get in that rhythm where it just becomes routine. And, but if you really think about it, we're, we're, we're praising the Lord together. We're worshiping together. We're learning and growing in our spiritual walks together. And we're on, we're on a good team. I love Mosaic Baptist Church. Mosaic Baptist Church is a good team. And whether you were here for a while or you were somewhere else, you were on a good team then. Anytime you're with believers, it should be an awesome time. So I just want to encourage you that today, genuine Christianity, there's a lot that goes on outside the church. 
And so we should, we should definitely have genuine Christianity within these walls.